You're listening to The Comics Hall with Amy and Paul, Sideshow's very own comic book podcast. Join us as we celebrate New Comic Book Day every week and discuss the latest releases, the biggest announcements, and more from your favorite publishers. What's in your comics hall? Hey, everybody. I'm Amy. And I'm Paul. And welcome to the Comics Hall. We've got a great show for you guys today, covering all the new releases from Wednesday, December 2nd. We've also got a moderator in the chat who will be here to take your questions, comments, concerns, anything that has to do with comic books. Compliments. Yes, even. yeah. Uh, you want to introduce so. yourself? <laughs> yes, I am Cassidy. Um, we are in uh, Facebook, Let Your Geek Side Show Facebook group, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, all those stuff. Just say hi to me, whatever. Yeah, we've got a lot of great stuff. You guys are going to want to talk to Cass because we might have a giveaway going on. I think our social channels teased a little bit of that. Um, so if you guys are joining us live, thank you. It is 4 p.m. Pacific on a new comic book Wednesday. And if you are uh. listening on the podcast format, hopefully some of these books will still be available. This is a week for really hot books. But before yes. we get into that, we've got some comic book news about what you can look forward to coming up soon. Uh, did want to give a quick shout out at the top of our news segment to... Lumberjanes. Lumberjanes ends today. Uh, we were just discussing this uh, before we went live, but Lumberjanes has been such a huge series from, out. from Boom Studios. <laughs> hey, I mean, I believe it's getting a it's getting its own animated series on HBO Max yeah. at some point, so that's going to be huge. But Lumberjanes was one of those series that I think brought so many new readers uh, into the fold. So uh, mm -hmm. pour one out. It's the end of summer special uh, for Lumberjanes. Incredible accomplishment. <laughs> Now, Amy, is I, I forget because math is not my strong suit, um, obviously, uh, is end of summer issue 75 or did it have issue 75 and then end of summer? So is there technically 76? I think it was 75 and then the end of summer. Okay. So 76 total. Yes. Okay. And there were some cool. additional graphic novels on the side. Oh, Just yeah. Huge, huge series. Uh, but Incredible book. speaking of things that are coming up next from the wake of books ending, uh, Marvel has just announced that after the dawn comes the rain. We're talking about X-Men. According to Marvel's latest press release about Jonathan Hickman's grand vision for the X-Men, we've got a new event or kind of it's not an event title per se but it's the mm -hmm. the new era of x-men and it's yeah. the reign of x like we followed uh hawks pox as the dawn of x this is now the reign of x uh and it's it's the reign as in kingly reign uh Right, right, they right. released a stunning promotional image by artist mahmoud azrar along with the promise of new teams returning major mutant characters, classic villains, and even more game-changing reveals that will shape the X-Men mythos moving forward. Uh, and the Reign of X storyline kind of begins right now, uh, immediately in December, as the fallout of Ten of Swords. Uh, and the teaser image includes characters like Wolverine in his patch uh, kind of getup, Laura Kinney as Wolverine, or perhaps X-23. Not, not sure what she'll be going by in this book, but she's got her yellow costume on. We've got nice. Storm. We've got Arcade. And there's a little hint of Legion. Like all of us. That's us. We are Legion. No, 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 we're not. But um, yeah, that looks really, really exciting. I think uh, we're coming up on, what, year two of Hickman's run? Yeah, already? I think so. Lord. <laughs> I remember just like running out to get, you know, that first, the first couple books of Hawkspox. It's when I, it's funny because that all started right around when i started going to our local comic book shop amy so it's yeah. it's funny just easy to just keep raining these things in no pun intended 
<laughs> so uh moving right along uh dc comics has revealed more information about some of its upcoming young adult graphic novels including covers and plot points for i am not starfire and poison ivy thorns now i am not starfire teams with um eisner award-winning uh marika tamaki with artist yoshi uh yoshitani to tell the story of mandy the superhero starfire's goth outcast daughter who has to deal with being in her mother's shadow now, Poison Ivy Thorns is a gothic horror about Pamela Isley, written by Cody Keplinger, uh, Keplinger uh, with art by Sarah Kippen, and will introduce a new female love interest for the young villainess. Uh, these graphic novels are set to arrive in the summer of 2021. It's usually around, I'd like to say, that, uh, that Comic-Con corner. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think uh, Ivy is June and Starfire is August. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, some, so, something like that. They're right up in there. Uh, nice. I am absolutely here for a gothic horror, uh, Poison Ivy. Like, I, whoa! I, I know. I was gonna say, are, are do you even like Poison Ivy? I mean, <laughs> well, and Mariko Tamaki did the amazing Harley Quinn Breaking Glass, so that's just a fantastic yeah. team up and and a really cool concept uh, to give a, another side to Starfire's life and introduce yeah. um, her daughter. Uh, now, our last piece of news today is the return of Witchblade. Image, the Image Comics and Top Cow series Witchblade is set to return in 2021 with a new series written by Marguerite Bennett. You might remember her from uh, Animosity, DC Bombshells, and she's paired with artist Ariella Cristantina, who both of them previously worked together on the Aftershock series Insects. Uh, this is In this Witchblade series, they're going to uh, reintroduce Sarah Pizzini, who is the original wielder of the Witchblade, who is going to return and reclaim her mantle. The series, according to Bennett, will have cosmos and mythos, horror and sensuality, and romance and danger. That all sounds like her usual uh, her usual like wheelhouse, so that's going to be that's going to be a fantastic series. Uh, and Sarah Pizzini's return will begin with Witchblade one, Witchblade number one half, uh, and it will be a digital first issue released in February 2021. Is it just Witchblade half? Yeah, or... it's, it's Witchblade half. <laughs> Is it just or is it like one dash two? Um, no, it, it it had a unless <laughs> no, I was citing it wrong. No, maybe it's a fifty-two page book, Amy, and it's issue one and two. Maybe. And we're both <laughs> gleefully wrong. Um, wouldn't I be? Wouldn't I be a, a fool out here on a Wednesday? Either way, which played yeah. February twenty twenty one digital first. <laughs> yeah, get it. Be there. Um, so, uh, so that's going to about wrap it up for our comic book news. But we're going to bounce right into uh, a growing favorite of everyone, which is the panel of the week, where me and Amy pit our tastes and our favor with all of you and our different social channels against each other. Uh, we have a theme. We pick a panel, and you all vote. It's really it's that simple. Uh, and this week, the theme was time machines or time machine, time machines, uh, you know, whichever. Um, so I'll I'll go I'll go first, Chris. I'm going to pull up. We can go ahead and pull up my panel. My panel is from Trillium Number Six. Uh, it's, it, it's it. I said DC Comics, but it's actually it's technically I think Vertigo. You know pour one out also <laughs> so this is uh all all of the art and the story is by jeff lemire i believe he did have an an eisner uh for this story or he was nominated i'm sorry i should have probably known that but i'm pretty sure he was just nominated uh and then all of the coloring is by jose uh villa via rubia so via rubia and uh we see here our two protagonists as they both they both approach their time machines in their respective 
you know, uh, timelines and when they step through, you see them kind of getting into a, uh, a ice cream esque swirl, uh, that you're all <laughs> seeing there. Um, I, I absolutely love this panel. I love this book. If, even if you didn't vote for me, it's fine. I definitely know who you are. That's okay. Um, but you should still read Trillium. I'm, I'm trying to get Amy on board to read wow, Trillium as well. Making threats to the audience. That's a new no, tactic. Promises. I've promises. Al- the, the outcome's already been made. It's not doesn't mean anything. That's true. <laughs> uh, now, my panel, uh, this week I chose Chrononauts number one from Image Comics. And yes. I do I do like that we, like Doctor Who was off limits and there were so many places we could have gone. We could have gone with the, the, the cosmic treadmill. <laughs> yes. uh, but I went with Chrononauts, uh, not only because I think that this is a, a fun little uh, short romp from uh, Mark Miller and Sean Gordon Murphy, but... The first issue is available for free to read on Image Comics' website, so you can check that Mm -hmm. out if you're interested in picking this up. Uh, And I do like that they mentioned prior to the execution of this more classic time machine with a kind of circular Stargate-esque look to it um, that they mentioned that they were doing time travel vehicles a la the DeLorean, and those didn't quite (laughs) pan out. So they tried this, uh, and we see our intrepid chrononauts firing up uh, for a test run with their new and improved chrono suits and hopefully they won't land in the wrong timeline (laughs) but if you're interested in seeing this series yeah you can check out that first issue on image comics website they are really great about providing those first looks uh for people so that was my choice yeah it's a great book and um let's do a very enthusiastic drum roll because the winner was drumming continuously drumming amy's panel chrononauts excellent thank you guys so much for your votes on both the let your geek side show facebook group and instagram now interestingly enough two weeks in a row paul has taken instagram but it wasn't enough in sheer volume of votes to overtake uh but that your vote your votes are important to us thank you guys it it did inch me closer but i you know we still have to count up amy's and it just you know it just moved me even further away at the end of the day. Uh, that's a great book. I mean, that was a it was a really, really good panel. And as soon as I brought it up to Amy, I was like, let's do time machines. Um, she's like, oh, perfect. I have some ideas in mind. And that's the moment I knew I lost. Because uh, <laughs> Amy immediately was like, got it. But I'm, I'm glad we both went away from the big two because there are um, very distinct time machines in the big two that we could have went with, like I was yes. thinking either Rip Hunter's Time Sphere or the Cosmic Treadmill. There's a whole manner of things. And I'm sure there's- you The know, Time like, Stick. Thank you, Jason Aaron. <laughs> yes, thank you, Jason Aaron. Uh, but you know what? It's no fun if we are the only winners here. Uh, speaking of winning and giveaways, uh, did somebody say giveaways? I did. Uh, we have a giveaway for you guys this week. Uh, really excited about that. So you guys might remember before the holiday break, we had a uh, cool giveaway for an Alex Ross signed variant. Mm-hmm. Well, this week, we're giving away a copy of X-Men Avengers Legacy, uh, mm-hmm. A versus X, X-Men Legacy, yeah. uh, signed by Christos Gage. Yes. So you no. guys can enter Issue number 270. Them. Yes. Issue number 270, mm-hmm. hand signed Christos Gage. He was a guest on uh, Jeff May's uh, Sideshow Sideshow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, and he very graciously gave us some comics to give away. Uh, so this could possibly be yours if you visit our Gle- our Gleam link that Cassidy will be providing. Uh, mm-hmm. Cass, do you actually want to explain a little bit more about the giveaway if you've got some specifics that they need to know? Yeah, so the Gleam is actually not open for a little bit, oh, okay. um, but we do have a uh, secret code um, that we can drop later, but you can follow us on social, um, mm-hmm. on Twitter, or check us out on Instagram or Facebook to enter. You can sign up for a new newsletter or share with some friends um, or follow us on Spotify. 
for entry methods. Yeah, and, and like she said, that secret code will come up later in the show, and that is worth a lot of points. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, we had to thank you, everyone, for because of last week, we had so many great entries. So uh, Cass really was on the ball about thinking of different ways to enter and, and a lot of different fun ways. So we do have um, a... The I'm sorry, the uh, giveaway will open very, very shortly. The code word will get you a lot of points. That will drop uh, shortly as well. And if you are listening in the podcast format, um, you're not going to see the links in these social channels. So head over. I'm talking right into your ears, podcast people. Side.show forward slash X-Men Legacy, G-A-W, like give away. So side.show forward slash X-Men Legacy, G-A-W. Uh, and that'll take you right to the Gleam link. And you can enter all of the different ways that you are allowed to enter. Yeah, there's no hyphen in that X-Men. Also, worst case scenario, we will be putting this, as well as all the visual assets that are referenced during the show, yes. into our blog. You will have a uh, limited time to enter. So if you're catching this podcast maybe two years in the future, sorry, the contest is probably closed. But uh, you can check out... Uh, I hope it's closed. <laughs> sideshow.com slash geek uh, to check that out as well. But I think it's time now for the weekly haul, because this was yes. a big old week this is the first week of the month and uh every company mm -hmm. came rip roaring out of the gates with uh events and yeah. game changers and oh, books yeah. that are now selling on ebay for 40 dollars. what the heck daredevil <laughs> uh so let's yeah, dive right in. every publisher came correct this week so let's uh we're gonna start <laughs> off with our pick of the week amy uh it's no surprise tell everyone what our pick of the week is it's gotta be King in Black, number one, by Donny Cates and Ryan Stegman. We're hitting it off with another massive Marvel event. Hope you guys aren't yes. tired from the, the uh, come down off of our Ten of Swords, or if you're still reeling from Empire, we are diving right in with King in Black. Now, if you right. had told me about four years ago that Venom was going to be headlining a Marvel event, I would have told you that you were crazy. I mean, I know that mm -hmm. we've had some symbiote-related insanity but a an event right. of this caliber that could touch the entire marvel universe mm -hmm. but you know donny cates and ryan stegman are the two to do it yeah and, and huge shout out to um you know donny cates stegman and that whole team of editors there at marvel who have turned like you said he, who have taken venom off planet out of this galaxy really literally and you know um metaphorically to places where, like you said where it can touch all over the marvel universe it really all aspects the ground level the avengers i mean really everyone um because well we'll get into it we me and amy will try to do our best to dual aim this book which we'll explain what that means in a second if this is your first time but we uh we definitely uh wanted to get into this book because it's a huge one which i had hoped that a, a ton of you were reading because it really is a lot of fun yeah and we got a couple other names on the art and creative team that i want to yes. shout out we've got uh jp mayer on inks we've got Frank Martin on colors and Clayton Cowles on the lettering. So it's it's an all-star uh, roster here Cowles for this event. Cowles does not sleep. He does not. No. no. Um, so we want to do. We want to explain what our aim system is while we jump sure. into this. So uh, our aim segment is basically how me and Amy, the uh, royal we of the collective uh, of the uh, comics hall, how we review books or how we uh, rate books, if you will. We don't really do a number system. We just don't think that's fair to anyone involved. So the uh, A in aim stands for accessibility. How easy is this book to pick up and read and understand? But also a small aspect of that is how easy is this book to find? 
Now the I in AIM stands for interest. Who likes this? Like who would like this book? Who would, who do we think uh, would love to read this particular story? And also maybe what is the interest surrounding this book in the comic book world? Like what is everyone saying? Like Amy said, like if there's a particular issue, hey, it's going for $40. Why is it going for $40? That part would be covered in the I segment of AIM. And then the M is how Amy likes to say, uh, the monetary investment. It stands for money, but it's the monetary investment. How much does the book cost you? And are you getting your money's worth really for what you're getting? Yeah, so I'm going to jump right in with accessibility because um, I don't know about you, Paul, but I have not been following the Venom storyline uh, for you the last couple read of every years. Venom ever? Not no. Yeah, uh, I read the try. one or two that incidentally crossed over with Jason Aaron's <laughs> Thor, but I'm going to say flat out, this is a a really great Marvel event yeah. book. Even if you're not following the Venom storyline, there might be some stuff that surprises you. In fact, uh, Venom has a child, or not Venom, Eddie Brock has a child, uh, mm-hmm. and and so there's some stories there. But it does a really great job of kind of uh, pulling back and giving you the macro that you need to know for an event book. There's a lot going on from the last year of Marvel as well with uh, Celestials being included as well. So honestly, as somebody who's not following the Venom storyline, I found it extremely accessible. And it does a great job of filling you in. And if you're really struggling still by the end of the time that you get to the end of the issue, there are some great timelines in the back that give you kind of a quick primer on who the newest big bad in the Marvel universe is, but he's not even all that new. He's been around for two years of continuous Venom storytelling. Uh, so I, I, I found it really engaging and I do want to warn people. Um, neither of us oh, this yes. week are covering Daredevil in our, it, that'll be like rapid fire round, but um, Daredevil is a really big release this week. Number 25. There is a slight spoiler for Daredevil 25 in King and black. So if you are not, if you are reading both books, make sure you read Daredevil first. Uh, it's really small and it's actually easy to miss. But if you do catch the spoiler, you're not going to be happy that you had it spoiled for yourself. Yes. That's all I'll say. Um, yeah. And then so, again, still kind of touching down on the accessibility. Um, I, I had totally forgotten that I had read um, Absolute Carnage. Like that seems like forever ago. And some of that does play into this. So I, I did like as I was reading it, I felt a little more comfortable. But also it's got you know, it's got a lot of heavy hitters in the Marvel Universe. I always feel better when I see, like, Doctor Strange in any book, because Doctor Strange is my favorite character. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> I know I, him! <laughs> I, hey, I know him. He's a friend from work. And um, he, uh, so it's always just fun to see all of these characters sort of gather together. Um, and so that's as far as, like, how easy is the book to pick up and read. And accessibility, the other side of that coin, um, you should be able to find this book everywhere at, at a Walgreens everywhere it's got a million variant covers i yeah. personally picked up the peach momoko cover which is amazing and it's this it's almost this glamour portrait of null so yeah. that another cool. person who never sleeps it seems like peach <laughs> momoko um amy was was there as i was battling between two variants um there's one that's like the tattoo variant it's the white cover i actually ended up going with the matte black uh blank cover uh, i just i looked really sick so i picked up that one it reminded me very much of a symbiote just like that all matte black on the cover um so that's what i that's what i went with yeah so some really good stuff going on there now i want to talk uh interest because one thing really jumped out at me and i did mention in the ways that venom has crossed over with the thor story not mm-hmm. only jason aaron's but also donny cates's thor this is very reminiscent of war of the realms it is an interstellar big bad who has come to conquer earth and 
what they bring to the table is going to affect every inch of the planet. However, it also felt like War of the Realms on crack because War of the Realms had at least like seven other realms invading. This is one dude with an army of dragons. Um, It's very much heavy metal. It feels a lot different tonally Mm -hmm. from the Empire event because the Empire event was mostly up in space, but this is really ground level um and it's also very different because of the fact that he is the god of the abyss and the void so the the vibe is very heavy dark uh metal and massive gods and monsters um yes it's really fast-paced as well so if you like snappy storytelling this is this is a good story for you yeah and you know to that point uh, it it does move the the book really does pace very well um and it's sort of uh, it doesn't waste any time in kicking off like this is what King in Black is going to be. This is the tone uh, like either, you know, get on board or get out of the way, really. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's really great. I had said that um, I'm, I'm not following all of the Venom stories like Amy had said. Uh, neither one of us really are. There's just so much. But I found it very, very interesting. Um, and it's really, really great to just sort of check in with a whole other side of the universe that i think uh maybe both of us don't really uh touch down on unless it crosses over with one of the books that we read Mm -hmm. and yeah it's just it's very funny i feel like every avenger or superhero has their turn to Mm -hmm. have a crisis where it was like a couple couple years ago they were all blaming thor and now they're all blaming eddie brock and no it's 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 a it's cool to see different sides of the universe and it's gonna it's gonna draw in pretty much everybody so i guarantee if you're reading if you're reading at least two Marvel titles a month, you're probably going to get a King in Black uh, tie-in at some right. point uh, going on yeah. here. And then for the M of our aim, uh, the money, it is a $5.99 issue uh, at the standard. It's uh, That's pretty standard for an event, pri- uh, event price, but if you mm-hmm. get one of the variants, your store might have it priced differently. Yeah. Um, there's limited ratio variants. I know that the Donnie Cates cover, him, he did a cover himself, uh, is one in 500 copies, so... Uh, that's going to be a lot rarer for you. Um, and that's not just one in every 500 happens to be that. That is your store can only order it if you order 500 copies. That's so a those lot are, of copies. <laughs> yeah. If you are if you're a Donny Cates diehard, though, you're probably going to want that variant cover. Um, however, it is a five ninety nine issue for 52 pages. That is nearly about that's about 20, 20 pages over the standard. of. Yeah. So it's almost an entire second book for almost twice the price it's not quite twice the price so i think that's that's some pretty good math there and for what we know so far king and black's main event title will run five issues long so i'm not right. sure i feel like the books after it'll probably be about 4.99 i don't think every single one will be uh mm-hmm. 5.99 but it's it's an event title so it's not it's not unexpected for this price no not at all. Um, yeah, so that's King Black number one. We, I mean, again, if this is your first time uh, listening to us, watching us, we are completely spoiler-free as much as possible. It's usually me that messes it up. But um, so, yeah, go read King in Black. Uh, honestly, if you were reading, Amy said, any, like Amy said, any Marvel books right now, it is bound to cross over at some point. So, honestly, it's worth the pickup. It's worth reading just to sort of get ahead of the game. So when your issue comes up with whatever you're reading, you're like, oh, I know what's happening here. So you're ready for the Doctor Doom and Iron Man fight symbiote Santa issue that comes out later this month which i wish i wish that was something i just made up but that's that's a real thing you can put on your pull list (laughs) i am all on board for everything chris cantwell is doing right now so uh yeah i mean he could write 
you know, the yellow pages and I'd read it right now. So let's do it. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of other books you'd read, there was another big event this week. And, you know, we could have had every book be the pick of the week. But, Paul, do you want to take us away with your first <laughs> aim that's individual to you? I sure do. If you are watching right now, uh, there's a very angry gentleman behind me. Um, and so, okay, so I'm getting ahead of myself here. So <laughs> that's the Frost King. I am going to be aiming Justice League Endless Winter Number 1, written by Ron Mars and Andy Lanning. Art by Howard Porter and colors by Hi-Fi, which uh, this is a another it's it's sort of what I call it's a micro event. It's not super huge spanning and it really only uh, exists within a it, I think it's only going to cross over into maybe two books. I think Justice League Dark and also um, Flash. So jumping right into it. There is a the Justice League encounters an extinction level global uh, storm brewing at where the former <laughs> uh, Fortress of Solitude used to be, and then enter the Frost King. So that's all the information I'll give you on that because then it really starts getting into spoilers. As far as uh, accessibility goes, you can really you can pick this up. You if you hadn't read DC in five years, you're totally fine just picking this book up. Um, and this is another book also that you should be able to find almost everywhere. It doesn't have nearly as many variants uh, right now because again, it is a smaller event. Uh, the only other cover is the beautiful uh, Mikkel Yannon cover that's there. Um, that's cover A. And then cover behind me is Daniel Lauren Johnson, the Daniel Lauren Johnson cover. So um, really, really cool book. And then as far as the interest goes, uh, if you are a fan of like legacy heroes, like the uh, Justice Society of America, uh, things like that, where maybe like what did, you know, superheroes look like back in I don't know, 1 million BC or something, <laughs> uh, anything along those lines. Uh, it, it's it's really interesting, and it's sort of really uh, – this story that Mars and Landing are writing does a really, really great job of using underutilized characters that exist in, like, the Justice League's lore, uh, but they really only exist to have created these characters. I, I thought it was really, really great um, uh, writing on their part to introduce them and uh utilize them now howard porter who had was working on joshua williamson's almost all of his incredible flash run is doing the art in this book so if you loved uh any of the recent flash you know that has been happening you're gonna love the colors and the art on this book hi-fi you know is a, also a busy human being uh he works quite a bit there's quite a bit to love in this book honestly it's it's really fun really easy uh it's really easy low stakes uh comic book reading like as it should be it, it you know you don't have to read every single thing um as far as the m goes it is 4.99 uh that's and you're gonna get 40 pages of comic there and it is limited to 11 11 titles so there will be endless winter number one and i think endless winter two and then there's nine other stories somewhere that will all tie this into each other yes. they're somewhere they're out there <laughs> they exist they're probably in the snow <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to take it up to our next book. This is actually a book that came out last week, but I really wanted to make sure that you guys didn't miss out on it because yes. if you guys have been watching our show for enough weeks now, you know that we're really, really uh, digging on the Vault Comics lineup. Oh, yeah. uh, and so we had another release from Vault Comics last week, a new number one called I Walk with Monsters, number one. Uh, this is actually from their Nightfall imprint, which is the horror subset of books that includes the autumnal which gave me 
the heart attack of my life uh, last week as well. Fabulous week for Vault Comics. But I Walk With Monsters, number one, is written by Paul Cornell with art by Sally Cantorino with colors by Dervla Kelly. And uh, and I believe the lettering was And World Design. Now, accessibility-wise, this is a true number one in terms of story. It is a stellar new release. Uh, genuinely hope it doesn't go under people's radars because of the Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, but... Uh, in terms of availability, uh, it's since Nightfall, I think, is a slightly more specialty sub uh, genre of the vault books. This is one of those titles that it's more important for you to pre-order. Um, yes. Your store mm-hmm. should uh, hopefully be carrying vault at this point in their their tenure. If not, you need to have a stern word with them. Sure. Uh, but this is a book that is uh i don't believe the first printing sold out so you should be able to order it if your store does not have any copies highly recommend you do so though um but story-wise accessibility it does a fantastic job of establishing its core mystery immediately it's a slow burning horror um and when we say on this show true number one that is a term we most likely are using for independent uh publishers because it is it is a book that obviously requires no back reading. It doesn't require you to know the history of a certain character because with creator-owned stories, these are original concepts. They don't usually traffic in multiverse crossover, uh, big two style events. So if the book is not accessible from the first issue, then it's missing something because it needs to be able to tell you its own story because you don't have to go look for back issues. So uh, if in terms of interest, if you're already pulling any other Nightfall titles, including the Autumnal, I definitely recommend this. It's a it's a similar vibe in the slow uh, burn kind of mystery that is going to unfold. And I think that this one, once it gets to a boil, is going to be extremely, extremely, like, must keep an eye on. Um, I was immediately struck when reading this about... Uh, let me give you a little bit of background on the story because it is about a young woman who is kind of haunted by her past. Uh, there was an important man, and that's what he's referred to as an important man, who took her brother away when she was young. And now she's formed a partnership with this man named David, who also might be a monster. Uh, they're, they're very mysterious about it in the first. I mean, he is a monster, but in what ways, we're not sure. Um, and she is traveling the countryside with him in an effort to find the important man, but also dealing with uh, kind of serial killers or, or other um, terrible people along the way. And so I was very struck by JC's dynamic with David as reminiscent of uh, Ellie and Joel from the Last of Us series, mm. that kind of grizzled older man and a younger woman. She's not as childlike as Ellie is, but that dynamic of two people going through a very open landscape. It's not post-apocalyptic by any stretch of the imagination, but the world feels quiet and it adds mm-hmm. to that sense of dread and horror. And I really love that. Um, if you're looking for like big bombastic monster gore, because you think, oh, the title is I Walk With Monsters, it's going to be huge and, and like a, a blood fest. It's not. There's some fantastic horror imagery to start, but it is a quiet mystery with horror that is currently simmering. And I'm sure it will uh, boil over at some point. I'm using that metaphor really weirdly because I'm thinking of pasta right now, but that's not the point. <laughs> uh, it also has a very similar aesthetic to Harrow County, if you are a fan of that oh, series. Okay. And um, it equally treads in the realm of like monster horror, but the horror of human trauma. Um, nice. And in terms of the monetary investment, it is $3.99. It is a standard page count. It is kind of the, the essential standard package for a book release. There's nothing uh, exorbitant. There's no variant. Well, there are variant covers. There's a beautiful America Andalfo variant cover, but uh, it's not like a pay-to-play, highly priced-up event variant cover. Yeah. 
Um, there's just different covers for you to choose from as you read this beautiful, quiet horror monster story. But Vault Comics has been absolutely destroying it lately. Uh, I Walk With Monsters. I'm looking forward to an upcoming release of theirs called The Picture of Everything Else, which will be another horror title that deals yes. with uh, the picture of Dorian Gray and the painter of that piece. Um, and of course, the autumnal. And then other books like uh, Giga, their Vampire the Masquerade series. They're doing a lot of great work. Uh, heavy, so, yeah. Yeah, heavy. You're reading heavy. Um, so it's essential that you guys pre-order titles like this so they don't sell out, possibly like uh, copies of Daredevil 25 today. I'm just going to keep harping on that. But anyways, I Walk With Monsters, fantastic release from November 25th. Please check it out if you can. Uh, just another fantastic entry in the catalog of Vault Comics books. <laughs> um, and we have a, a note from Cassidy on the topic of you talking about Daredevil. Uh, Johnny on YouTube wants to know if there are a lot of Daredevil number 25 variants like Venom 25. Uh, there aren't. There's just one other variant, there, I believe. There's, yeah, there's a nullified. There's going to be a, a series of Marvel variants this month um, and yeah. in the coming months called nullified variants that are your favorite superheroes taken over by Null's own particular brand of symbiote. So not necessarily the Venomized version, but the nullified. Uh, and there is a nullified Daredevil. That cover is a ratio variant, so it's harder to obtain. I believe it was like a 1 in 10 or 1 in 25. So it's going to be priced up uh, even more so. But the standard cover of Daredevil is the main cover. Um, this this wasn't a release that they were advertising as a huge, big event. It's more of a, hey, if you're reading the series, it's going to start going in a really interesting direction. So yeah. nobody expected it to explode like it did, but here we are. <laughs> that is why you put books on your full list. Yes. <laughs> Um, if if for the Shishido covers alone, uh, they're beautiful. So um, moving on to uh, I believe this. Am I wrapping it up here? No, you've got one after this, right? I got one after you. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Because we because we um, both handled <laughs> we both right. handled King and Black. We sure oh. did. Um, so uh, the book that I'm going to be aiming next for all of you is Knock 'Em Dead by Aftershock Comics. Uh, Aftershock Comics. If you are not familiar with them, you should be. Uh, Pretty much a lot of the things Amy said about Vault can also be applied to Aftershock. They are really, really knocking it out of the park, um, and they are responsible for a lot of true number ones being put out right now that are a lot of fun. Uh, so Knock 'em Dead number one is uh, being written by Elliot Rahal. Uh, Matteo Monaco is on the art. Matt Milla uh, doing the colors. And Taylor Esposito is doing the lettering. It's a... A really interesting story about the uh, let's just say the pros and cons of attempting and doing stand-up comedy in a uh, in busy busy Chicago and you're you follow uh, prior Bryce who's always wanted to be funny he's not naturally funny but he's always tried really hard he's about 2021 and he was voted uh, most likely uh, to not have a job in high school so he's like, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I'm going to get into comedy. So <laughs> he absolutely is an incredibly relatable person. And I love the way that they are writing Prior Bryce so much. And uh, basically his sister is telling him you need to get a job. And then shenanigans ensue. So as far as jumping right into the aim, after – well, you know – uh, this is a true number one. You don't need any background knowledge to read it. You can just pick it up and really, really enjoy it. Um, now, as far as accessibility goes for finding this book, it is a little more difficult. Uh, I, I think Aftershock has had um, you know, an interesting relationship with comic book shelves where they have some books that are just absolutely crushing it and some other books that are just doing okay for them. So 
I always recommend with Aftershock, you definitely want to pre-order their books, uh, specifically this one. This is a pretty highly anticipated uh, story for Aftershock. I've seen it in a lot of other books that they are uh, that I'm reading that are by Aftershock. It's being promoted there. Um, so you should be able to find it. I did see a couple at our shop, but our shop has, has a lot of books, though. So um, you, you may just want to call ahead and definitely order it. I mean, but definitely always pre-order the books if you can. So as far as the interest goes, which is the uh, which is I think the most important part of this book. It, it's interesting when I got through the book, I wasn't like I got through most of it, and in the solicitations, you know that there is a twist, there's an accident happening, there's something. They give that to you in all the solicitations, everything, and and then the book is really just about Prior Bryce failing at comedy. And he's just absolutely failing at comedy. He's having arguments with his sister. Um, and then one night, everything changes. And even when the night that everything changes, to be honest, I still wasn't gripped by this story. I was like, oh, I was like, okay, but like, I, I need to know. And then on the very last page, the very last couple of panels, I was like, I am friggin' sold uh, <laughs> because the big twist, the um, accident they said were was going to happen, uh, it it comes full face. And then in the back matter of this page, it it sort of gives you a brief solicitation directly from Aftershock, not like through Diamond or any or previews rolled anything. Um, and it sort of gives you a little more insight as to what you can expect in the coming issues, which for now it should be an ongoing story. Um, and also what's specifically going to happen in issue two. And just that little bit of dialogue, I was like, I am sold on this book. It, it sounds so great. Uh, it sounds so funny. And, uh, and then you start getting into the back matter and, and uh, Elliot Rahal has a very special relationship with comedy. He had mentioned in an interview that he tried his hand at it once. He failed terribly and he had anxiety about being on stage for like almost the rest of his life. But he ran with a very close group of comedians in like in Chicago and he interviews them in the end. And some of them, I won't spoil it for you, are pretty well known now. So you'll recognize some of them. Um, and he basically just talks to them about sort of what Pride Rice goes through and like how they can relate it to their experience. And it's so great. It feels, it makes the story feel really authentic. I'm going to go back and read that after this, knowing all of that knowledge now. Um, so I'm really interested in that. Um, if you are a fan of like really um, like awkward, dry comedy, um, like, you know, no laugh track type, you know, it's, it's, this is going to be a book for you. I definitely recommend you pick it up uh, specifically if it's just for those last couple of panels. Uh, it's so cool. Um, and then as far as the uh, monetary investment goes, it's $4.99, which is the average price for an Aftershock book, uh, 32 pages, and it's ongoing. So everything is pretty much par for the course uh, as far as the um, monetary investment goes. But I did find that it is an ongoing story. So you definitely should pick this book up. Uh, read along with me. We always tell you guys, read along with us because we are reading these books. We'd love to hear about you guys reading these books as well. It's, it's so great. It's always very interesting when when a company chooses to advertise that there is a twist or a, like, this will change the, the universe forever or like yeah. other times when they don't advertise a twist. And again, I'm going to bring it back to Daredevil because they <laughs> didn't telegraph anything that happened in Daredevil this week. But like, nope. uh, I'm, I'm glad that you were gripped by the end of the story because I was like, oh, no, like, I hope I hope that the twist was what what Paul had hoped for. 
but that's it's always and, very fun how these companies choose to market themselves more competitively and creatively oh yeah. to get readers' attention. And, and it felt um, as some books do, as with some really great writers do. Um, and to be honest, I'm not familiar with Elliot Rahal. Uh, you know, prior to this, uh, Bryce. Prior to this, that's a that's a joke because it's the name of the main character. If everyone has forgotten, so um, <laughs> solid work there, Paul. You have a thank you. comedy. <laughs> oh, I sure don't. And um, it, it was great. Like you can tell now. I can tell that the slow burn that was like making me like beg for like comic book content was very deliberate and i was like okay this is great and now i'm really on board for this story because elliot rahal made me work for it and i was like well i'm on board i've got my money's worth for this book so uh if you can find it um even if you can't find it today go order knock em dead number one by aftershock uh specifically like we had said with all of these smaller publishers uh, it's really it's really cool when we see everyone reading them and sharing them and everything with us so yeah. go read it I believe Aftershock also is available on Comixology, so you they are to yeah. check that out. That's Mo- an- almost all of their books. Yeah, and that's another thing is digital comics are always available. The price never goes up, but also the price never goes up. So uh, <laughs> if, if you don't mind, if you prefer to read your books digitally, Comixology is a great resource for that. Yes. So my final AIM book, uh, and I'm going to try to keep it snappy because we do have some other stuff to cover, including the secret giveaway code word that's coming up soon. So stay tuned. Uh, this was an oddball choice for this week. I, I forgot that it was coming out and you might have as well. It's the union number one from <laughs> Marvel. Uh, now, uh, this was written by Paul Grist with art by Andrea DeVito and Paul Grist, as well as Drew uh, Garassi and LeBeau Underwood. Those are pencils and inks and then colors by Nolan Woodard. Now. You may have forgotten about this book like I did because it was originally solicited. It was announced in February of this year as a tie-in for the Empire event. If you guys remember that little number that came out in the summer after supposedly uh, or being intended for the month of April. Uh, Now it is a King in Black tie-in. However, accessibility-wise, it is completely chock full of brand new superheroes there is only one legacy title in the book and that is union jack uh however every other character that you are introduced to in this book is a brand new character Uh, it does its own heavy lifting of introducing them and the world so you should have no trouble jumping into this even as a marvel title you might think oh this this is a superhero team that comes with years of baggage, but they do not because this is a brand new assembly of superheroes uh, with only a few familiar names among them. Uh, and they are a government backed PR stunt being funded by a billionaire. Uh, and they are meant to be a superhero team that all of the British union can enjoy. So there is a representative <laughs> from Scotland and a representative from Wales and a representative from England. Uh, and so it's <laughs> very, rad. it's a very interesting and fun little assembly. However, I will say I felt that the back half of this story was a little clunky because it does have to remind you that it's an event tie-in. Normally, I have no problem with event tie-ins. I just think it's very weird to be introducing a brand new team with an event tie-in. However, I can't judge completely because I loved the new agents of Atlas who were assembled during the War of the Realms. So, uh, yes, this, this was changed mid trajectory because originally the team was supposed to be helping the Avengers and the Fantastic Four on their first public debut and they were supposed to be fighting the Kotati in Empire. However, uh in the back half of this book they are taking on Null's symbiotes, but they are taking on Null's symbiotes completely alone because in the nature of the book, uh whereas Empire was a bunch of teams coming together like Avengers Fantastic Four to to stand up to the Kotati, mm-hmm. uh Null has separated everybody. So at 
the onset, this book does feel very isolated from the other superheroes. And you can see mm. kind of where it shows its seams of like, this part of the story was probably a Kotati thing, but now it's a symbiote thing. However, <laughs> I'm very excited about this. I love the characters. The designs were by uh, Arby Silva. Amazing. Oh, and you're seeing yeah. the cover right now, and that is the new cast. Front and center is Britannia. And then on her uh, her right, well, actually our right of the cover, uh, we see Union Jack, of course. And then the big shadowy figure is Snakes. Uh, the pink-haired woman is Kelpie. And then the green-haired woman is the uh, the choir. So for interest, if you have been enjoying Teeny Howard's Excalibur, if you are a fan of the classic Excalibur, or you enjoyed the new Agents of Atlas from War of the Realms, or the new champions in kind of an assembling mm. of new superheroes into a new team, I would recommend you check out the Union. However, do keep in mind it is an event tie-in, so there is some uh, stuff with that. But otherwise, the the... I, I feel like, see, where you had the reverse and you were waiting for the end twist at Knock'em Dead, I feel like the front half of this book really shines. And once mm. we get past that obligatory, it's a symbiote uh, enemy kind of deal, um, I'm actually really excited to see where this team goes. It's going to be a great ensemble piece. However, it did a lot of heavy lifting introducing uh, Britannia and Union Jack. Re reintroducing Union Jack. So the other three of the, the Union don't really get a lot of time to shine in this issue. Uh, I'm hoping that will change in the future issues. It's also the the corporate comic book return of Paul Grist, who is a very famous writer, and it, I believe is his first outing with Marvel Comics. Um, Interesting. And it's very fun. It's very it's very uh, both proud of where it's set, but also very tongue in cheek about a government funded uh, billionaire backed superhero team. <laughs> uh, and so I think I think this will be a very fun <laughs> book. It just needs a little bit of time to get its sea legs from people first remembering that it was supposed to come out and then people getting mm. over the fact that it was supposed to be for a different event. Um, right. It is $3.99. So even though it is an event tie in, it is not event priced. It is a standard sized issue, um, I believe about 28 pages. And I'm actually not sure how long the event will run. I believe it's going to be about four issues if it's a, if it's a proper tie-in. Um, however, Marvel hasn't solicited or resolicited all the information for the fact that it is now a king in black. Um, nice. And then um, uh, Cassidy, we had a question come through really quick. Yes. So Andrew on the Let Your Geek Sideshow Facebook group wanted to know, um, no spoilers, but does this tie into the X of Swords? Um, so no, I know that Britannia looks similar to Captain Britain, but as far as I know, this has nothing to do with the Ten of Swords event. This is an entirely different superhero team, unrelated to the X-Men struggles in Otherworld. However, we do see the X-Men in King and Black, um, but there is no real reference to uh, Ten of Swords in anything that I found this week from Marvel. So nice. you, are, you are free and clear, despite the similarities between Britannia and Captain Britain. So, <laughs> uh, But... Uh, Look, don't get me wrong. I'm really excited. I love the character designs and I love this team up and I'm, I'm a sucker for these types of uh, globally based superhero units because of course we've mm -hmm. got the Avengers. And they've covered New York, but I love the Agents of Atlas and I love the and I love this concept for the Union. I was just a little jarred by the remembering that it was supposed to be for another event and now it's for a different event. So it kind of has a little bit of growing pains there. But yeah, I think once it gets its legs under us, like you said, issue two, it, it'll uh, Grist will probably be able to, you know, really take control of it. Yeah. Let's do a quick, like a really quick rapid fire round. Cause we did mention this was a huge week for a lot of other books. So we'll yes. just, we're not going to aim these for you guys. This is just so you know what we're reading. And if you guys have questions about them, you can catch us on our social media. Mm -hmm. But while I'm, while I'm still talking, we've got Buffy number 20 
from uh, Boom Studios, and this is the first full appearance of Faith Lane. Uh, so if you're a Buffy fan, you should get excited about that. We've also got Far Sector number nine from DC Comics. I've got Black Widow number four, which is a big week uh, for Natasha Romanoff. We've got Daredevil number 25, big week for Matt Murdock. Uh, <laughs> Thor number 10, which is a lot of fun. I've been enjoying what Donny Cates has been doing. If you're looking to pull away from his event book, check out what he's doing with Thor. And then I have mm-hmm. X Factor number five. So that'll be the yes. first uh, kind of post uh, Ten of Swords. I believe that is now officially Reign of X uh, that I'm nice. reading. Um, and so uh, what I am reading this week is Spy Island number four, which is the end of that, um, which is the end of that series that I absolutely love. Go read Spy Island one through four. Please go do it now. Um, Batman one oh four. Um, Batman and Catwoman number one, which is another huge release um, that we just did not have time to cover. There's just so many new releases, but uh, Tom King returned to that relationship, that world, and those characters in Batman and Catwoman number one. It is a one of twelve. Uh, Deceased Dead Planet number six. Strange Adventures number seven. Uh, that Texas Blood number six. Daredevil number 25 and uh lastly fantastic four road trip number one uh, i thought that was a really really fun <laughs> fun book uh so i picked it up and i'll let everyone know how i like it probably next week <laughs> all right so now we've come to our holler at the hall segment which is where we ask you guys a question usually thought provoking maybe soul searching you oh, give yes. us the best answers and we read them out on air but before we get to that i do want to give you guys the code word for our gleam giveaway uh in theme with this week it is event nice e-v-e-n-t uh so if you guys put that in at the gleam link that will net you some extra entries for our X-Men <laughs> legacy signed by christos gage comic book giveaway uh yes. that is event because this whole week has been in and of itself an event it sure has um and again everyone head over to side.show forward slash x-men legacy g-a-w like give away that's side.show forward slash x-men legacy g-a-w and there's no hyphen in between uh x and the word men all right paul you want to remind us what we asked them it's actually been two weeks because we didn't see you guys last week before the holiday uh but what did we ask them last time um so our question to everyone last week that we had asked you all in the let your geek set show facebook group is is there a comic that you originally did not enjoy when you read it monthly but you changed your mind when you read it in uh trade paperback or hardcover format or maybe um, you just read them all, like if if you really wanted to, all the single issues right. at once. That's the closest thing you could get to a trade if you don't buy the trade. <laughs> That's true. You could just staple them all together. Actually, it's what I do because I staple all my single issues together. Saves me a ton of money on future investments. Um, so uh, we did have some really great responses. Uh, first, we had uh, Tim Albrick said pretty much most Hickman books, um, and I've loved almost everything he's written. Uh, it just doesn't digest well in a monthly format. I totally yeah. get that. Amy's pick is actually a Hickman book. My pick was uh, Hickman's Secret Wars. It didn't digest yes. well monthly. It felt too like what happened last time and what's going on now. But when you sit down and read Secret Wars 2015, as you guys all know, that's probably one of my favorite Marvel events ever, except for War of the Realms. Uh, <laughs> that book, once it was all together, just a beautiful work of art from Hickman. But yeah, I yes. understand. His books are very dense. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So we also had uh, a response from Adam Bunch. He said, Batman, Last Night on Earth. I find most mini and maxi series better to read collected. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I and, can do that too. Oh, totally. Um, and we also had a lastly, uh, long, a really, really great uh, listener and a very active uh, with the comics hall, Mr. 14 Wellington, said The Walking Dead. Uh, now, this one surprised me. He said, I didn't add it to my pull list as I wanted, as I wasn't hooked by the black and white artwork and initially thought, meh, it's just another zombie story. Then a friend suggested that I give it a try and another let me his copy of the first compendium. Uh, my friend was right. It's not just another ho-hum zombie story. Um, yeah, your friend was right. I, I think that book's done well for itself. <laughs> yeah, say. and you know what? If If at first the black and white artwork turned you off i know it's been a couple of decades but it's well <laughs> over a decade since that book came out but image comics is releasing a deluxe edition of yes. the series and they are recoloring or adding color to the issues and so you can actually check out the first couple of those on the shelves right now so if you are interested in seeing a colorized version of the walking dead um, i don't think we've covered that on this show before but that is now available uh from image comics so i mm -hmm. think that's 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 a pretty cool endeavor yeah um, that's that's really rad to totally sort of kind changes of the reading experience though. oh it sure does oh yeah 100 percent um and then for what my uh, pick was it was funny both of mine and amy's picks came out around the same time we were both at comic book stores and i think maybe now amy we were just both like in school and busy maybe that's why these books didn't immediately grip us maybe <laughs> maybe we were just super busy mine was uh convergence which was a huge uh dc event at the time it had about a billion tie-ins and whatnot and that was written by uh dan jurgens and tom king who originally who then went on to write aquaman and then everything but that was a story that once i read just the trade of just the core story i actually ended up loving it it was a lot of fun yeah there's i mean there's always those books if you like really truly hated it there's no reason to waste time and go back. But if there was something that you think, oh, maybe I should give it a second chance, then I highly recommend it because sometimes you'll be surprised if you're in a different headspace, if you've got a different format, uh, you can really kind of find a different way to connect with the story. Oh, totally. Now, uh, speaking of things that maybe are underappreciated, our question for you guys for next week for the December 9th show is, who is your favorite superhero team that does not get enough recognition? For example, the Defenders, the Justice League Dark. Yes. If you say the Avengers, we probably won't know. <laughs> that's yeah, like my that's my saga. I was going to say it's your it's your saga. The Avengers are, are you know whoever you think doesn't get enough love. Maybe you don't think that the love that the Avengers get gets enough love or or yeah any you know other. don't don't listen to Amy if you yeah. think that it's the Avengers don't let her bully you like she bullies me everyone. Uh, <laughs> no, she does. I know I'm the I'm the worst. I really am <laughs> the meanest. Um, <laughs> You win and... one panel of the week and it just goes to your head. Uh, she's like, actually, it's two weeks in a row, but uh, who's who's counting me? Uh, so, uh, yeah, who is your favorite superhero team that does not get enough recognition? And, hey, if it's not even from the big two, that's totally fine. I mean, there's plenty of superhero teams that are out there um, as well. I think, yeah, big two. you said that. I've got I've got a pick who is definitely not big two that I will be I will be very excited to hear if people next week. Uh, have any love for the superhero team i so. guess we'll we'll definitely see so you can respond to that um that we me or amy will put that up in the let your geek side show facebook group um if you're not a member you should be head over to side.show forward slash geek group to join that pan that um question usually goes up at some point on friday <laughs> and we are very busy uh, it goes up at some point on friday and people just they comment there um we get a lot of really great responses but you can also always email us or dm us um you can email us at the comics hall at sideshow.com and if you'd like to find us uh socially anywhere and you'd like to dm us your answers what you're reading you just want to say hi um 
you can always find us at the Comics Hall. That's on Twitter, on Facebook, and on Instagram. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's, that's all of them. Are we that about, on? That about covers it. We're, we're not on Stark Tech yet. We're not no. there, right? No, no, not on Stark Tech. Okay. We don't have the right uh, operating system for that one just yet. No, we don't. <laughs> Well, that does it for a rip-roaring start to December. Now, there are yes. so many things coming up for the rest of this month. We are going to have another uh, New Comic Book Wednesday focus show next week, and then we're going to have a holiday special on the 16th. Uh, we'll be taking a break for the 23rd, right before the Christmas holiday, and then we will be back on the 30th for our Comics Hall Year in Review. It's been an interesting year for comics, but we're going to kind of take you guys on a uh, look back across all 29 months of this year. So, <laughs> uh, but until then, thank you guys so much for joining us. Whether you joined us live at 4 p.m. Pacific on Wednesday or you're catching us on your favorite podcasting platform beginning the Thursday after that Wednesday. Thank you guys so much for joining us. It's really a pleasure every week. Hope you guys pick up some of the books from this week. Uh, hope you guys find some new things and yes. remember to put things in your poll because they will sell out under your nose if you're not ready. Daredevil 25. Daredevil 25. <laughs> Chips the Darsky. What are you doing? Crazy. Crazy man. No. Great comic book. I hope you guys have some great books to read this week. Hit yes. us up with what you're reading. Thank you guys so much for watching. And as always, I'm Amy. I'm Paul. And this has been The Comics Hall. This has been The Comics Hall with Amy and Paul, presented by Sideshow. Submit your response to our fan mail question of the week by emailing thecomicshall at sideshow.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Also, don't forget to vote on the panel of the week in the Let Your Geek Sideshow official Facebook group. You can watch us live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on Sideshow's official Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, and Periscope channels. And you can keep in touch with our show on social media at The Comics Hall on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, don't forget to let your geek side show. <laughs> <laughs>